is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. What's up, man? What's up, David? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. No time for shenanigans. We've got a lot to talk about in this show. Yeah. We've got Anthony Irwin from Locked On Lakers coming up to give us a Las Vegas update. Plus, there are some free agency rumors still. We're late in free agency, but we've still got rumors to talk about, plus a Michael Jordan update. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. David, how are you? Hey, Doug. I'm good, Doug. You mentioned Vegas real quick. Um, you know, we are part of the Locked On uh, Network, as you say. And, uh, you know, I, I emailed out to a group of Locked On uh, friends and family there in Vegas about Donovan Mitchell, a, 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 a show favorite here, to get some feedback. And, and no one gave me any. No one, no one gave me any love. Did you see this email I sent out? And then the subsequent no response. Well, I think there's, well, I think two things are going on. One, they are speechless by what Donovan Mitchell is, <laughs> is doing. And I think number two, everyone's paying attention to their own team, I think. And then I'm going to throw For in sure. a third one. They're in Vegas they're, they're, and they've got better things to do than respond to your email. I know. They're meeting up. They're rubbing in our faces. We're not there. They're meeting up at the Hard Rock for oyster shooters and, you know, whatnot, all night breakfast. It's like, come on, guys. Throw us a bone. Oyster shooters all day, all night. Um, we'll be in Orlando. We're doing Orlando next year. Yeah. We'll we're, and we're getting crazy. We're going to Disney. Is it world or land? We're going to Planet Hollywood. It's still there. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> forget, forget Disney. We're going to yeah. adult Disney. Oh. <laughs> that sounds weird. Okay, let's start with some late free agency rumors. Sean Devaney of Sporting News is reporting that the Hornets are showing interest in several low-cost veteran big men solutions, including Jordan Hill, Irsan Ilyasova, Terrence Jones, and former Heat big man Willie Reed. David, put some context on this. Well, so this can't be great news for Johnny O, right? Johnny O'Brien? I well, mean, I wouldn't think. I mean, not... Not necessarily that it's going to knock him out, but it's another big man in the mix, I guess. Yeah, I think Rich Cho has said sixth big man at Orlando, and then here in Charlotte he said another big. So I I think they're still going to end up keeping Johnny O'Brien, but I think there's a question of like how much do you believe Johnny O'Brien could fill the center position as opposed to like a stretch four because as much as I like the idea of adding more shooting from guys like Irsan Ilyasova or a Terrence Jones, I think you have to go after someone who can fully handle the center position on both ends of the floor, unless you really believe that's Johnny O'Brien. I say that, David, because Cody Zeller has missed 20 games two out of the past three seasons. Dwight Howard has a history with back issues uh, since he's been in Los Angeles. 
And it's you know he's getting up there in age. He hasn't played 82 games in a very long time. So you're guaranteed some missed time at your center position. And that position was one where depth played a factor in in your season last year. So I think they really yeah. have to look closely at this six big man position and get it right. Feels like Jordan Hill would be kind of the banger guy that they might be able to send in there. You know, like uh, cause some havoc. Maybe not really a guy trying to think didn't really have that guy last year i mean howard obviously is going to be more physical but um so that makes sense from that end i guess terrence jones is somebody we mentioned way back at the end of last year when he was kind of floating around as a possibility i think we talked about him am i right yeah i think at the at the trade deadline for sure yeah yeah. uh, i felt like that could be a solution for the hornets i think jordan hill's an interesting name he had several good years leading up to his two-year deal with minnesota last offseason but got inexplicably buried on the bench in Minnesota. There were no real injury issues, no real explanation uh, by Coach Tom Thibodeau for him being unable to crack the rotation. I mean, Thibodeau praised his professionalism, and Hill certainly was not uh, happy, but he did not show displeasure with with not playing. Uh, Not sure he cracked this rotation, though, either initially, so he'd have to be okay with sort of waiting for an injury to occur because I think they are set uh, with four bigs on the roster right now, so we'll keep so an eye. Tibbs, Tibbs and Clifford, maybe they maybe they chat about that a little bit. That and that's very much a possibility. And I think Jordan Hill was in Los Angeles when Clifford was there as well, and and may have been alongside mm-hmm. Dwight Howard. I have to double okay. check that. Hit basketball okay. reference here for a second. So David, we have an obligation, I think, on this show to keep everyone up to date on all of the news around this fair franchise, including the owner, pretty famous guy, Michael Jordan. You know who is good at basketball? Michael Jordan. But we need a name for this Michael Jordan update because Michael Jordan update sounds very boring and and not fitting for his airness. The gravity of Michael Jordan. We We must find a fitting name. So here's how I'm going to do this. I will... I will pitch this opener. I know you have a few names, right? I've I've got a few suggestions to name this segment. Yeah, yeah. You don't like them? You don't like your names? I know they're not great. I mean, it's, I'm, it's I'm, tough trying to come. Well, well, let's let the listeners. Let's let the okay. listeners okay. decide. Let's not. Let's okay. you know. Let's not have another Eric Collins situation, where, <laughs> where where I lose basically. Let's let the listeners decide that I win this time. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm going to – I'll open it up, and then and then you spit yours out or I'll spit mine. Here, So let me do mine first, and you'll see how this is going to go. It's time once again to update you on all things MJ. It's time for In Fairness to His Airness. You like that? I was going to – I mean, it's fine. Yeah, I think that the tough thing is coming up with something that hasn't already been used in reference to MJ or his nickname is tough. I mean, you said he's a pretty famous guy. He's been around for a few years. There's a lot of people that like to talk about him. So, all right, let me do, let me, let me, let me toss to yours. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? All right. It's time once again to update you on all things MJ. It's time for up in the air. (laughs) (laughs) I told you it's not very good. Sorry about that. That's a bad mistake. And, 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 and now I would want to say it exactly like that with absolutely no confidence. What about that's up in the I, airness? Up in the air, Jordan. That's the thing. Uh, that's the only thing I come up with. Like up in the air, on the air. Do you have, an, do you have another there. one? That's it. That's, All right. That's here's I got one more. All right, you got, I got one more. You ready for this one? 
It's a long. It's a little long. I, that's why I'm afraid of this one. It's a little long. It's time once again to update you on all things MJ. It's time for Jumpman, Jumpman, that goat up to something. Woo! Yeah, let's workshop these. Let's workshop these. You get the reference, though, guys, right? Yeah, I got the reference. I got the reference. Send us your thoughts. Send us your, yeah. or they'll send us your well, thoughts. I'm going to put a poll on Twitter. Thoughts, send us your suggestions, too. Yeah, suggestions. I'm going to put a poll on Twitter. I, our listeners are way smarter than us, so I know that n- none of the ones that we just put out are going to make it. I know it's going to be mm-hmm. one that comes from the listeners. Uh, all right, let's talk about Michael Jordan real quick. He might return to baseball, David, this time as an owner. He is reportedly part of a group that is trying to purchase the Miami Marlins from Jeffrey Loria, who is apparently tired of feasting on the souls of his own fans, wants to give up the team. The ownership group also includes Michael Jordan's frequent commercial buddy, Derek Jeter, the Jeets. No word on how close this is to becoming reality or how invested Jordan is into this group. But there it is, David. If the deal goes through, could it affect the Hornets at all in any way? I mean, I don't. Nah, diverts his so. attention. Yeah, a little. It feels like this would be more um, a monetary investment than putting his two cents in uh, on, like you know, transactions and whatnot. But who knows? I mean, I guess he could. This is what rich guys do, Doug. They just buy stuff. They, they buy they stuff. Throw their, they, they throw their money in. Uh, you know, he loves baseball. Got to do something with all that money that you and I have poured into buying his shoes. <laughs> That's right. It's probably ine- inevitable that he uh, jumped in at some point. That makes sense with Jeter. And, you know, he's on his, uh, he's on there under the Jordan brand and, and listen, uh, flag. He's, so. he's, he's been certainly active with the Hornets franchise. I don't think about, I don't think anyone has complained about how inactive he's been, but he's not been the most hands-on owner in the league. There are others like Cuban, I think, and uh, the Clippers owner, Balmer, who I think are more <laughs> present within their franchise oh, than, yeah, than Jordan. Yeah. So it's, I don't but think it, much would change if he did divert his attention nah. somewhat to baseball. No, I mean, you know, it'd be kind of like, you know, when he shows up at uh, the Michigan football game for like the first one, he and Tom Brady, they're there at kickoff. Like there'd be some ceremonial stuff, I'm sure. But like, doesn't it feel like this is Jeter's ship, right? I mean, he's going to be the main guy. He's the baseball guy. He's kind of leading this charge. MJ's on board, of course, so he's going to make some headlines. But it doesn't feel like it's a, you know, Dr. Dre, Jimmy Iovine type partnership where they're both out there in front doing things on a day-to-day basis. This, of course, brings to mind Michael Jordan's first foray into baseball all the way back in 1994. Didn't go so hot for Jordan then. But speaking of Jordan name brand puns, it did lead to one of the best pun headlines in the history of Sports Illustrated, Air Jordan by Steve Wolf, spelled E-R-R. as in. Error. Definitely like a side that. gag. You got to see that one. He didn't Error. like that. Hey, you know, Jordan. Uh, speaking of his shoes and Jordan, they're putting out two baseball Michael Air Jordans shoes right now. Yeah, Michael Air Jordans. Baseball they're, they're themed. How are they baseball pack. themed? They've got like stitching on the sides, pan on the side panels. They've got kind of like baseball style stitching on the side. There's a black pair and there's a brown pair. Like the Barons, and I don't know what the brown pair signifies. Maybe just like a glove. Uh, but yeah, baseball, it's back. All right. Well, the Hornets may be done with Summer League, but that doesn't mean the rest of the league is. The NBA's best and brightest are hooping in Las Vegas right now. 
For an update, let's go to our friend from Locked On Lakers, Anthony Irwin, who is in Vegas covering all of the festivities. Despite like a lot of the guys, a lot of the main guys kind of getting hurt or not playing as much as people might have liked, it's still been a lot of fun, entertaining games from a, I think it's a down rookie class, but but an entertaining one all the same. What's it like uh, covering an event like Las Vegas Summer League? It's so different from covering the NBA because, like in the NBA, the stars are the like that. Everything revolves around these stars, right? And out here, people anticipate as soon as a lottery talent gets picked, people just expect, well, yeah, they're going to be stars, and this is going to be the center of everybody's attention. But really, it's you know they don't get used as much as you know typical NBA stars do, and. They don't play as many minutes. Uh, the games themselves are more like extended tryouts. So it's not necessarily the best for, you know, team success either. But there's still a lot of interesting stuff to watch and pay attention to uh, that it's, it's, it's still really interesting year in, year out. How many of these have you covered now? This is my fourth. And does uh, this it- is my, what's up? I was going to say, does it seem like it's it's becoming a bigger deal since you first started covering it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do because Las Vegas is, is, is a Lakers town. First and foremost, there's a lot of Laker fans out here. And the Lakers have had lottery talent playing in the, on their roster here for, you know, four years in a row. And every single year, and now you you add all the ball sanity to it, and it, this year has been insane. They, they already sold out one game earlier. Uh, it'll be interesting tonight on uh, on a weeknight to see how many people get out and watch Lonzo Ball play. Uh, but every year, it's it's you know there are more Laker fans, obviously, but there's also a ton of other fans here. The Kings, oddly enough, really show out here. The the Jazz, when they have a good player, is is always really loud. So uh, I think. The NBA has done a really good job of of showcasing the young talent as much as they possibly can. And that's led directly to people wanting to see these guys before anybody else. So which of these players has really stood out to you as performing very well at Las Vegas Summer League? I right off the top of the head, Dennis Smith Jr. He's just he's so much more athletic than everybody. And the game out here, it's these games are essentially AAU games. It's a lot of one-on-one. It's a lot of transition. It's it's not super structured. So he can go out and get by anybody. And because of that, he's getting to the rim at will. So And he's so athletic that he gets up there in the air. And it's just, it's really something to behold. And then the other guy, oddly enough, the Houston Rockets, Rockets have this guy, Isaiah Taylor. He played at Texas. And I watched him the other night. He went up against uh, the Phoenix Suns team. And literally nobody could stay in front of him. And, you know, he's somebody I talked to uh, Ethan Rothstein, who covers the Houston team for uh, Dream Shake at the SB Nation site. And he said after watching him, like he feels a lot better about the the backup point guard situation out there, which is something it's 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 crazy that somebody would prove that in a summer league game. But I actually fully agree with them. Well, David's going to kill me if I don't ask you about Donovan Mitchell. He's been all over both sides of the ball. He had eight steals the other night. What are people around Las Vegas Summer League saying about what they're seeing out of Donovan Mitchell? 
according to the hype surrounding him, and I, I don't like to say hype because it, it, that feels undeserved. He's been tremendous. Uh, but my timeline's treating it as if, like, if he isn't as good as Chris Ball in, like, three years, it somehow would be a disappointment. <laughs> He's been tremendous. He'd be really good, but I, I, I just don't – I don't – I think it's going to take a little while. Rookies just aren't good in the NBA. And again, he's just, he's so crafty and he's, he's so shifty that he can get by anybody. And defensively, he's, I really like his mind for the game. So he's always in the passing lane and, and for teams that, you know, they practice together for about a week and it's hard to really get any kind of sets in. And so these passes are generally like a half a second too late. And that's allowed him to really sneak in there and wreak some havoc defensively. But all that said, he's been really good, and he deserves a lot of the praise that he's been getting. Talk to me about these shots that uh, Jason Tatum's taking and hitting. They look ridiculous on television, dare I say, that they yeah. resemble a pretty famous Lakers player. How does he look <laughs> in person? The first thing that kind of jumps out at me is how big he is. Like he's, he's, he's a lot taller than I thought he would be, and... Like, I don't really particularly like his, his shooting stroke. I think he's going to have to quicken it a little bit. But the one thing he does do a good job of is he has a really nice high release. So it's really hard. And, he, and because he's so big, defenders kind of bounce off of him. So he creates space pretty well to get that shot off. My only concern is he's doing that against guys who are going to be fighting to remain and, you know, to become two-way players. I don't know how well it's going to translate when the athleticism gets better and the scouting gets better in the NBA. I, I, I think he, he's really good right now, but he, it's probably going to be rough, uh, a rough go early in his career. Yeah, now he's sitting behind uh, Gordon Hayward and uh, Jalen Brown, who has also uh, been pretty incredible over the course of yeah. the summer league. So, yeah, a lot of competition there at the small forward position for the Boston Celtics. Uh, let's talk about Lonzo Ball. You mentioned him earlier. We've seen some good. We've seen some mm-hmm. bad. A lot of fan overreactions both way, both ways, which yeah. is to be expected. Uh, what are some realistic reactions that uh, you and Harrison have, uh, you know, gleaned from his summer league so far? So the first and foremost thing, like the overreaction on both sides of it. So after his first game, he was a bust. There's no way he's ever going to figure it out. He's, you know, the Lakers once again messed up a second overall draft pick after their first summer league game. And then in the second game, he drops a triple double and he's now all of a sudden like Rajon Rondo with (laughs) some, (laughs) with some like with some Russell Westbrook mixed in there and, and and with the jumper. So yeah, the the coverage of Lonzo has been pretty crazy. It's, I, I think it's, it's almost become impossible to be nuanced with this guy, unless you're really going out of your way to, to remain kind of boring. But, I, I, will, I will say this. I think it's really impressive that a 19-year-old kid can not play very well in his first game when all the hype is, is going on and hear all the murmurs and whispers that he obviously heard and then come out and play as well as he did in that second game. I think that says a lot about the kind of confidence he's going to need because I don't think this coverage is changing anytime soon. Uh, but he looks ready to kind of deal with it. So that's good to see. And then in terms of the actual basketball, he needs good players around him. Like we've we've talked to multiple Lakers who say in practice they've been hit in the face by passes just because they aren't ready for it. So, like, so like as soon as he's surrounded by better players, I think that's when you'll really 
see his game get unlocked and taken to levels where some of the hyperbole is, is somewhat warranted. That's what I'm trying to explain to people who ask me why I think Lonzo is a lock to be very good in this league. And I think it's because when I watch him play, I'm seeing a guy who's who's seeing two steps ahead of everyone yeah. right now. And that's obviously when he gets better competition, that may drop to one step ahead. But I, I still think uh, uh, that he's that he's seeing things before they happen. And to me, that's a good indicator of somebody that's going to be very good. And, you know, I think back to <laughs> some of the interviews that he did with his his dad, LeVar, and I sat there and I wondered how this guy could have could be so chill while his dad you know, <laughs> made a fool of himself on national television. And, but he's the same way on the court. I mean, he's just cool, calm, collected, uh, and, and he has a feel for the game that, that to me, has been unmatched so far in, in Las Vegas. It, it, it strikes me. So regarding the, the LeVar stuff, look, the Lakers did all their homework. We've done some homework on our end to see what kind of went on behind the scenes with UCLA. And. And everybody said that LeVar is kind of a psychopath, obviously. But <laughs> Lonzo, Lonzo is like this perfectly down-to-earth kid who just loves basketball, loves talking about basketball, loves being a teammate, like all that stuff. And LeVar, you know, is just this kind of sideshow who I think to a certain extent, I, got, I think, again, no thank you. I, I think uh, we talked earlier about not being able to be nuanced about Lonzo. I think it's that to the nth degree with LeVar that people either love or hate this guy. And I, there, there are some who think, yes, LeVar is hurting Lonzo because he's creating all these headlines. He's rubbing actual NBA players the wrong way. He already, you know, he, he peeved uh, LeBron, which, which probably wasn't very uh, smart for him. But I also think he kind of takes some of the, the brunt of the craziness away from Lonzo, you know, after Lonzo doesn't play well, people are more focused on, okay, now let's go hear what LeVar has to say about this. Mm. Meanwhile, Lonzo gets to go back there and kind of refocus on the game and figure things out. I, I again, I don't think it's, I don't think he's the worst person in the world. And I also think he does some stuff that can and should rub people the wrong way. I just don't think it's as extreme as people want to make it out to be. All right, so let's talk about the Lakers in general. Uh, uh, the Lakers have added a lot of young talent in the draft, and, and they just make the move uh, for uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, add some defense to this roster. When you look at the roster as a whole, could the Lakers, I mean, what are the chances the Lakers at this point, you know, accidentally trip and fall into the Western Conference playoffs next season? I, I wouldn't bet on it. I'm out here in Vegas and I, <laughs> I'd have to get pretty insane. <laughs> I would not and have not betted on it. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I'll say this. I think the Caldwell Pope signing makes a ton of sense for the Lakers, not just in terms of the player that they're getting, because he's a good perimeter defender. He was a good perimeter defender on a bad Detroit Pistons team. So like the numbers don't say he's very good, but I don't, I don't think that's quite true. I think it's kind of lacking some context. But most importantly for the Lakers, it, it remains they can remain flexible next year as they very obviously it's, it's very obviously uh, prevalent what the Lakers are looking to do. They want to. They want to try to get LeBron in there. They want to try to mm -hmm. get Paul George in there. They want to open up as much cap space as possible. And and look, I maybe magic is more chariz uh, charismatic than the guys who he took over for. But. It's a very similar strategy, and those guys wound up getting fired. So we'll see how it all turns out. But the, the team next year, I think they're better than they were last year. 
uh, which is which is good. They don't have their their first overall draft pick, so I think they'll get some wins late in the year that maybe they they wouldn't have otherwise because other teams are going to be tanking and the Lakers have no incentive to do so. So I think it, I think they could creep into like the thirty, the the low to mid thirty win range is what I would probably put them at. The Lakers seem to be like they're in an interesting situation, right? Because they do want to attract that all-star talent, guys like LeBron James, and so they need to open up cap space. And they bring in KCP, who's on a one-year deal. They signed uh, Jordan Clarkson last offseason to a multi-year deal, so there's some questions about you know, what, what does this mean for Jordan Clarkson. But the Lakers also have to balance – having the talent that they're now to attract the all-star talent, because some of these guys Mm -hmm. aren't going to come, you know, if they don't feel like, so they've got to develop some of these guys who are on cheaper contracts. Uh, It it makes for a very interesting situation in Los Angeles. And who do you think is most important in terms of them developing next season to attract that LeBron James, that Paul George to, to make them feel like, okay, I'm coming to a place where this team can succeed uh, apart from me, it's Brandon Ingram, and I don't. I, he's the nice thing was so he played one game out here, and all you want from second year players is that they prove they show that they don't they shouldn't be playing in these games that they're too good for the games that they're playing in. So Brandon Ingram shows that, and he you know he he shows out, and then he's done for the uh, for the rest of the summer league. But if he takes a step forward next year, if he adds the muscle that he he definitely needs to add and takes a step forward and and you know maybe doubles his counting stats across the board that's something that guys around the league are going to notice and say okay if at the very least he can get us back some immediate help when we show up uh that's what the lakers are hoping for there and and you you mentioned jordan clarkson the lakers are right now linked to rajon rondo ian clark Tyler Ennis and those guys. And the idea there is if they sign a second guard or a third guard that Jordan Clarkson can now just be traded away for basically nothing to rid it, uh, to get rid of the salary and, you know, remain flexible. But I also think you brought up a really good point about needing to be good to show guys, okay, yeah, we're going in the right direction. Superstars in today's NBA don't want to be the first superstar to line up with these teams. They, they want to team up with somebody else. They want to go to a situation where it's not a complete rebuild, especially LeBron when he's coming over. will be 34, I think, next year. So like the, the, the Lakers right now, they, they have a lot banking on Brandon Ingram's uh, improvement. And Lonzo Ball kind of needs to show out. Lonzo Ball winning Rookie of the Year would, would, would put a lot more pressure on teams around the league to, to, to say, no, the Lakers aren't going in the right direction. All right, Anthony, we'll wrap up with this. It's confession time. Mm-hmm. I've never been to Las Vegas. Uh, so if I were to go down there, maybe next season, next uh, Las Vegas Summer League to cover it, what, what what should I do? Apart from actually my job, what should I do when I'm down there? Oh, man, there's a ton to do out here. It, you know, there's obviously the, the gambling and the nightlife and whatever, but they have this max golf or top golf, top golf that's like a driving range Love mixed it. with like a a bowling alley with yeah. a bar. They like just it, put it, one it, in Charlotte. This is a, it's like a big deal here. I, I went for the first time. It's amazing. I'm sure it's, it's bigger. Yeah. I'm sure it's like everything. It's bigger and better in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's fun. And then honestly, for me, I'm a, I'm a basketball nut. So coming out here and being able to talk to all kinds of people who are similarly crazy about the sport out here 
on any given night, you can just stroll into any uh, casino bar or or any kind of dinner, sit down and have a really lengthy and educated conversation about basketball. That's my favorite aspect of this is just the people who come out here to cover it and the fans who come out here to watch it are probably the my favorite people across the NBA universe. Yeah, I saw you hobnobbing with John Corrales of Locked On <laughs> Celtics. I'm jealous. All the Locked On guys are out there. Jealous. Yeah, he he wanted to sh- he wanted to throw me out of the bar last night because I dared <laughs> I dared say that I, I don't know if I'd want to pay Isaiah Thomas. So he, <laughs> it was almost we almost met in Temecula. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, stay out of trouble down there and enjoy the rest of Las Vegas Summer League. We really appreciate it. Anthony Irwin of Locked On Lakers. We will talk to you soon, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me on. And, and yeah, that'd be great if you come down here next year. So, David, what do you think? We got to go to Vegas. I think it's clear. And we have to talk yeah, to Steve absolutely. Clifford, who, uh, according to Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer, is Steve Clifford saying, look, five, six games in Orlando, that's that's enough to see uh, all the things that I, I need to see. And, and it looks like Steve Clifford doesn't really want to be involved in the craziness. And look, if your coach doesn't need to see anything in Las Vegas, I don't think ownership is going to, to spend the money uh, to, to yeah. do so. So we got to talk to Steve. Steve, let's go hit the craps table, baby. We can do this. We can make Maybe a little money. Get back to Vegas. Hey, you mentioned injuries the other day. I saw Jalen Brown get a little tweaked the other day. Uh, you think that enters into this? I mean, well, that's the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as I mean, much as you want to see Malik Monk play before training camp, you also don't want to risk injury. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're right. But like, there are some teams that play like Utah. I think they have a lesser known. I think they still have their summer league, right? So Utah played in that one, and they're playing in Vegas. Boston, same way, yeah. Boston, and then Orlando, right? Although, I don't think Dennis Smith played in the Orlando. I don't know. I mean, Dallas. I'm sorry, yeah, Dallas, Dallas right? but Dennis did not, yeah. Yeah, so. Well, Don, cool, you, can though, com- you can barely contain your, your excitement for Donovan Mitchell. You heard in that interview, uh, Anthony's excited oh about him as God. well. What 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 titil- titillates you, titillates well, that, he had a 37-point game the other day. I turned it on uh, at the end of regulation. He was just everywhere. All the good stuff that we said leading up to the draft for Donovan Mitchell, man, he looks like a beast. I mean, he was clearly the the best guy on the floor, played with a chip on his shoulder in summer league, and was just doing stuff from from inside, outside, You know, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I mean, just super impressed. Super impressed. Donovan Mitchell is just one of several players that the Hornets passed up to take Malik Monk with the 11th pick. The question is, how nervous are we and how nervous are you out there that the Hornets may have missed out on a star player? Without knowing how Monk looks, of course, because he did he has not played in Summer League. So we've got a little game here. This is how this is going to work. You know, if you listen to this show for a while, that we are not huge fans of, of traditional grades or any traditional ratings or rankings system. So I have three Summer League stars that the Hornets opted not to draft, and we are going to rank our nervousness based on a scale of how nervous each of Donald Trump's five children should be of facing federal prosecution. One being Baron Trump, he's probably clean. Being what five, six years old, he's probably good. He's to right. five, one to five here, five being Donald Trump Jr., who <laughs> is is yeah, he's sweating a little bit, David. 
He's feeling the heat. <laughs> Careful, big fella. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> right. Are you, do you understand the, the rating system here? Uh, yeah, I think We're so. We're just reporting facts. This isn't, this isn't political. Hey, These are the facts, Jack. Opinion. Yeah. We'll start with Luke Kennard. 17.2 points per game on 46% shooting and 2.4 assists per game in Orlando. Every bit the long-range bomber he was advertised to be, David, on a scale of 1 to 5, on Trump children. How you doing? Uh, I'm a 1. I'm a 1 on Kennard. You're a Baron Trump. Um, yeah, I'm a Baron on Kennard. You're just hey, riding, look, look, riding a lion though. in a gold room. <clears throat> Oh, That's how man. chill you are. <laughs> are you okay with this? Listen, this is the rating system we have chosen. This is what we're doing, going with. Yeah, no, no. Juan O'Connor. He looked very good, but um, as he should. He's shot the ball well, and that's something we knew he could do. And I think Malik Monk can do that as well. I'm going to go with a. I'm gonna. I'm a little. I'm a little more nervous oh, than, than Baron. I'm gonna go with mm-hmm. with a two. Which I Ivanka. think, which I think at this point would be Ivanka. Yeah, Ivanka. Yeah. She's they got a good. Although we're not adding Kushner in this, he doesn't technically count. But it was, we'll say Ivanka's a two. Say right. Eric's a three. No, no, Tiffany's a two. Tiffany's a two. Tiffany's Ivanka's a, two. a three. Ivanka's a three. Eric. Yeah. Eric four. Eric's four. Actually, I'm gonna make. We didn't think oh about this. God. We didn't really work this. <laughs> Tiffany's a two because Ivanka is with Jerry Kushner, who's in all these meetings. She's a four. She's got to be a little nervous, not of herself, but of her family. And then right. we'll put we'll put Eric at three because he doesn't seem like he knows what's going on at all. It just seems like he has no idea. All right, so that's the ranking. So I'm gonna go <laughs> Tiffany Trump here. I'm number two. On Luke Kennard. All right, Bam Adebayo. Adebayo averaged 17.5 points for the Heat. 8.3 rebounds and 2.3 blocks in Orlando. And then they went to Vegas and he follows it up now uh, with 15.7 points, 8.7 rebounds on 43.3% shooting. So he's upped his percentages. Uh, his production has gone a little down in Nevada, but he's still playing very, very well, getting a lot of laudits yeah. from people. How nervous, David, are you in terms of Trump children? I'm still a banner, baby. Um, really? You're gonna find, yeah, you're gonna find a theme with me on this one, and I'll, we'll explain it. At the well, end, here's the but, test. Nah. Here's the true test. <laughs> oh God. Bam with Bam. I'm probably a three. I'm gonna be. I'm Ivanka. I've got okay. my. Oh wait, no, that's Eric. I'm Eric. Eric Trump, because I feel like Bam has a shot just because of how athletic he is as a big. And and the shooting that he's already shown off. I mean, he's just showing things off. That's a, to me, that's a true thing in summer league that you can take away because a lot of things are mirages. But if they're doing stuff that they've never shown before, I think to me that feels like something you can really take away because it means to me that that th- there's some things that scouts were were not seeing that that exist. I think a lot of guys fall into that category though. There's a lot of guys <clears throat> showing out at summer league. Excuse me that. Didn't show not putting up the college. production that Bam Adebayo is. I think that's mm. the difference. Mm. And yeah. I mean, Luke Kennard, we know he could shoot. I was just, I was a little disappointed with his assist numbers. Thought those should be a little higher. Same with Donovan Mitchell, who's next. I'm a little disappointed with his assist numbers. But let's talk about Donovan Mitchell. Had an up and down Utah, but is averaging 28 points per game in Vegas. Had eight steals the other night. And is generally making highlight Spider-Man plays all over the court. David... How nervous yeah. are you in terms this one to is, five Trump children? This is my guy. So I'm a Tiffany. That's a two, right? Oh I'm bumping my gosh. Up a little bit. I'm bumping it up a little bit because of my Donovan Mitchell uh, fandom. But yeah, still just a two. 
I mean, I just I'm all the way fine. I'm Don Jr., baby. Oh, I'm, I'm lawyering God. up. I'm I'm really I love Donovan Mitchell from the very beginning. Even though I still had yeah. Malik higher on my board, so I I, t- I can't you know it'd be a little hypocritical of me to now come out strongly for Donovan Mitchell. But at the same time, I mean, you can't deny his his giddy up and goes. I mean, he's oh, doing man. things on the court that are very very exciting. But why? So you're not nervous about any of these prospects? I'm not nervous why? on these guys, Doug, because why? we haven't seen Malik. Because two things: we haven't seen Malik Monk play at all. And the second thing, this is summer league. I mean, I know these back guys down. are That's showing right. back up. Back us down. This is summer league, Doug. And I sent you, you know, some information on past MVPs and summer league champions. You want me to reel those off for you real quick? Do it. This is going uh, from last year. Okay, uh, these are the MVPs. Now Vegas, they have two MVPs. They have uh, they take it serious out there. They do a, a regular season, if you will, and then a playoff uh, MVP. We have Tyus Jones and Jerry and Grant. Okay, those are your MVPs in Vegas. Uh, in Orlando, two, two good, it was decent players. Two, two fine players. Tyus Jones. I don't know if he got off the bench much in uh, Minnesota. Uh, Orlando Arenes Anuaka. Have you ever heard of that man? Nope, that's not real. Continue. Okay. Uh, year before that, Kyle Anderson, Jonathan Simmons were the MVPs in Vegas. Aaron uh, Gordon the Spurs was, nailed it. Yep. Aaron Gordon was your Orlando MVP. Ray McCallum Jr., Glenn Rice Jr., a couple of juniors were the Vegas MVPs. Let me let me let me, let me let me stop you there. Yeah. The, well, first mm-hmm. of all, that that is that's gonna make your point, I think. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and Glenn Rice Jr. was oh, named oh, okay. oh, I've got I've got more. Well, I I've know you more. I know you have more, but I, I have a note here and, and this is going to help your point. Glenn Rice Jr. was named the Summer League MVP after averaging 25 points on 47% shooting. Otto, Otto Porter Jr. was up there as well. He averaged 19 points and 5.8 rebounds and was named to the Summer League first team along with Rice. One of those players is hanging around the G League, and the other just made over $100 million. So that to say, you never know. You never know. Uh, and I'll skip a few here, but your boy, Jeremy Lamb, was Jeremy the MVP Lamb. of the Orlando Summer League way back in 2013. Oh, and look, I mean, like you said, like some of these guys are certainly have stuck around and, and have a chance. It's um, not like man, the Heisman just, just curse or no. something. It's not like no. you get named and you have no shot. Right. But it's not like, uh, you know, um, you're McDonald's All-American either. I mean, I, it's just, you never know. And th- th- these guys that we listed should be playing well, and they are playing well. I think the disappointing thing is we haven't seen Malik at all, so it's tough. But, I mean, I think we get a couple weeks out from this and some of the summer league buzz dies down, uh, you know, we'll be we'll be back to normal. I totally agree. I think it w- <laughs> the nightmare scenario is if Malik would have underwhelmed and then we would have all been really like, okay, it's only summer league. It's only yeah. summer league. Yeah. But well, that, when, that when you have nothing, said, there's still that air of monk mystery. Well, that being said, and being followers of the Hornets, it's understandable, <laughs> right? Like we've seen this People, happen. Yeah, that, that, there's a reason. Occasions. There's a reason Hornets fans are sweating. Yeah, because they know the history of the guys that have fallen behind the Hornets draft picks that have been passed up by the Hornets. But I think you have to trust the process, if you will. Uh, and Malik Monk was squarely in that group. You know, the top ten talent wise. And they were lucky that he fell to them. Uh, that still seems like the right decision. So it's tough right now. I get it. And we will always have a special place in our heart 
for Donovan Mitchell, but um, I'm just glad he's out west and we can watch him. We can watch him from afar. Utah Jazz League Pass team next year. That'll do it for us here on Locked On Hornets. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks to Anthony Irwin of Locked On Lakers. We've got so many talented people here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So if you are into Donovan Mitchell, I suggest giving our uh, a friend. He's not only our friend; he's our owner, David Locke, over at Locked yeah. On Jazz. A listen. He replied. He replied to me, actually, and I gave him some information. He's excited. They, well, he's got Donovan <laughs> Mitchell and Tony Bradley, who I know you like. Yeah. That's a deep team. They're picking up some some really good free agent talent as well. Utah mm-hmm. is – they're, they're angry now. They're playing mad after Gordon Hayward left. They're like, look, we are not – we are going to have a little Ewing theory going on here in Utah. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there – Please do us a favor and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're done for this week, but we're back next week with more, including a breakdown of some of the new rules out of the NBA Board of Governors meeting. So we'll break all those down and what those mean for you as a Hornets fan. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.